You know what time it is. It's time to podcast your weekly journey through the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm Lance, your host and tour guide through this underworld of children's card games and plot armor, where the English dub will be smashed to pieces, overanalyzed, and mocked. Mostly from a loving place. Just a quick PSA before we get started, I'd like to make sure everyone who's listening is aware of some of the legal ways to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! online, as there are plenty, at least at the time of this recording. Netflix, Hulu, and Yu-Gi-Oh!.com are all viable options. If you know of any other legal avenues, please feel free to let me know. Now, let's prepare to enter the Shadow Realm. Today, we're looking at Season 1, Episodes 17 and 18, titled Arena of Lost Souls, Parts 1 and 2. Finally, we have escaped the night of endless story arcs. We open up on an obvious dream sequence. Joey's running from something in a desolate plain with no features whatsoever save for the fog hugging the ground and the black and purple sky. After a bit of running, blue eyes light up behind him and the unmistakable roar of the blue eyes white dragon can be heard. So obviously Joey's having a nightmare after having his butt handed to him by Kaiba in the last episode. Cool. Also, Joey-centric episode, because that's what we all wanted, right? He continues running as the blue eyes emerges from the darkness behind him. He naturally trips like a white girl in a horror movie again and shrieks as the blue eyes descends upon him. At least he has the dignity to turn around and face it like a man. However, before it can eat him, I assume that's what was going to happen anyway, he notices Kaiba standing behind him now. He calls out to him and begs him to call off his dragon. Kaiba, of course, rags on Joey, saying that he calls himself a duelist, but he's just a scared puppy dog cringing in fear. Told you it was coming back. And, spoiler alert, it's a running thing, too, for a good while. Joey attempts to talk back to Kaiba, saying he isn't afraid of him. Kaiba scolds him. Bag dog! Don't contradict your master! Is it? Is it hot in here to anybody else? He further attempts to talk back, but Kaiba commands him to be quiet and sit. It is at this point that a dog suit appears on Joey, you know, because dream sequence. Kaiba and his blue eyes are also gigantic now, in comparison to Joey, at least. Kaiba once more tells Joey to sit at his master's feet where he belongs, and Joey does so begrudgingly and while whimpering. As we transition out of the dream and into the real world, we see Joey sleeping, obviously, and still whimpering as dew from a leaf above his head gently drops down onto his face, specifically his cheek waking him up. Homoeroticism. Full of rage from his dream and duel the previous night, Joey stands up and commands everyone else to wake up because it is a new day and he is hot to find some duels. It is at this time that Taya, who wasn't with the rest of the gang, emerges from the bushes carrying Mai's bag. When asked where she is, Taya simply says that Mai said she had to go and that she should give Yugi a note from her. She hands Yugi a piece of paper and he begins to read the note. We, the viewer, get a voiceover from Mai reading it. Basically, it says that she owes him eight star chips. Also, it has no distinguishable anything on it. It looks like a two-year-old got a hold of his mom's makeup and smeared it onto some paper. I'm sure it's got Japanese characters on it in the sub, but still. Yugi blushes at the note? I'm curious to know what it says in the sub now. And Tristan says that he can kiss those chips goodbye, but Yugi isn't sure. He thinks they might actually be able to trust Mai. Joey, once again, motivates the gang to get moving and make their way into the castle. We cut a little later with the gang now traipsing around the forest. Bakura wonders how many duelists are left on the island. Joey says they shipped a couple dozen home yesterday, and Taya adds that even more have probably been eliminated by now. Not sure how Joey knew that, but 
Okay. The gang then revisit their motivations for entering the tournament, and Yugi mentions that the players will be even stronger from here on out because they survived the first round. This seems to spook Joey a little bit, and Tristan even indicates that he's shaking in his sneakers. Joey turns around and responds with, You saying I'm some kind of scary little puppy dog? Tristan comes back with, Well, if the collar fits, told you. It's just gonna keep coming back, even if it's gotta be from Joey. As Taya and Yugi calm the situation down, we pan out to reveal that the gang are being watched by three goons. One of whom has binoculars? Why? They can't be more than 10 to 20 yards away. Another one of them, a gaunt-looking shell of a man with no meat on his bones, ironically is named Bones, but we don't know that until a little later. That is the word Bones, but remove the ES and add a Z. And he chooses Joey for whatever they have planned. Sid, the other one, not holding the binoculars, asks who they are. He then explains himself who he thinks they are, correctly pegging the runt as that Yugi kid. He doesn't know any of the others because he wouldn't. They haven't done anything worth of recognition. Sid says that they should tell the boss about this and refers to the one holding the binoculars as Igor? Zygor? One of those two. They all three run off into the woods behind them. We cut again, this time to... Bandit Keith? The trio of goons are filling him in on their find. Two duelists. A stupid git, as Sid puts it, and Yugi. It's worth noting, or is it, that Keith's wardrobe has evolved since the Intercontinental Championship. He's added sunglasses. That way you know he's a bad guy now. Keith doesn't believe in Yugi's reputation as a strong contender. When Zygor, that's what I'm going with, rallies behind this, Sid adds that they're the only ones going to the castle because they are teamed up with the most brilliant duelist on the island. Ah, the stupid bad guy's henchman trope. Gotta love it. Keith agrees and adds that if they want to win the tournament, they're gonna have to keep their trap shut and let Keith do all their thinking for them. We then get confirmation that Keith is after revenge against Pegasus for humiliating him at the Intercontinental Championship and they replay the flashback nearly in its entirety from the previous episode. Weak. Keith commands them to take the dweeb out first, obviously meaning Joey. We now cut back to the gang, who are still just walking. Joey's a little paranoid, as he thinks they're being followed. The rest of the gang try to calm him down and assure him it's fine, but he takes off, saying he's going to stalk them. We are then shown that Sid and Zygor are hiding in the bushes just a few yards away, indeed stalking the gang. Transition, again, to a cave, where Bandit Keith is escorting Bones to a hidden arena. He tells Bones that he should feel right at home. It's dark and dank and really creepy, just like you are. He then makes sure Bones filled his deck with zombie cards. He checks it out and tells him that he could use a bit more brute force. Just as Bones is about to ask where he would get more cards from, Keith opens up his vest to reveal a virtual motherload of Duel Monsters cards. After he fixes Bones up with more cards, they continue deeper into the cave in search of the graveyard. A little later, Bones gets spooked by an old skeleton on the floor of the cave. Keith tells him that his face is scarier than this old thing and tosses it aside. If it isn't obvious yet, Keith is a massive butthole to his underlings. We cut one more time to Joey at a waterfall, separated from the rest of the gang. He is snuck up on by Zygor, who obviously knocks him out, though we are not shown this. As he is coming back too, we hear Zygor telling him to wake up. That stereotypical dumb guy voice yelling at you as you attempt to come to? What a frightening scenario. As he actually does wake up, Joey realizes he's been set up in a dual arena podium. 
It looks run down as all get out, and just as he's getting spooked by the graveyard field, Bones rises up on the opposite side, welcoming him to the arena of lost souls, where no duelist escapes with their life. Joey shrieks out of fear about a ghost. We cut to the rest of the gang again. Yugi guesses that Joey was challenged to a duel since they can't find him. Not far from the truth, Yugi. And you didn't need the spirit of the puzzle to help you with that one. I like it. In order to find him more quickly, the gang agree to split up. Teo with Yugi and Bakura with Tristan. Cut again to the cave, where Keith and his goons are making fun of Joey for being scared. After his senses are knocked back into him via Zygor throwing a skull at his head, Bones continues to play up that this is a graveyard and Joey has no hope of escape. Also, confirmation from Keith that his name is Zygor. So I win! Joey insists that he isn't afraid of the graveyard or the cave, but rather it was Bones' ugly mug that spooked him so badly. This obviously puts the rest of the goons and Keith in stitches. Bones tells him to lay down his star chips. When Joey tries to back out, citing he never agreed to this duel, Keith points out that he doesn't have a choice. He then offers him a choice? Joey can leave if he hands over all of his star chips. Then he can cower away like a little puppy dog. Well, that'll ruffle his feathers. Joey has a flashback to his dream at the beginning of the episode, and he throws down four star chips on this duel, which I believe is all he has. Life points are set to 2,000, and the duel begins. Zygor yells at Bones to use a zombie card against Joey, which obviously clues Joey in on Bones' strategy. Not that it helps. Retroactive spoiler warning. Bones then confirms that all of his zombies get a field power bonus from the graveyard. And let me guess, none of his monsters can get one because it's 100% graveyard. Probably. Why not? We cut back to the gang again. Tristan and Bakura are having no luck, and Taya and Yugi stumble upon the waterfall where Joey was kidnapped. But they also seem unable to find any clues. Cut again! Can we please stop this? Back to the duel. Bones goes first and attempts to play a zombie monster, specifically the snake hair. But Keith, who's sitting right behind him, tells him to play a different card. Zanki. Not a zombie. This makes no sense to Bones, and as he is trying to reason with him, Keith comes back by just telling him to do as he says. The rest of the goons get involved in the exchange, which prompts Joey to ask if this is dueling by committee. Okay, so Keith's literally playing a game for Bones, without having to risk any of his own star chips. What a butt. Also, this is honestly one of my favorite one-liners in the whole season. It's hilarious to me to think about. What if you had to run all of your plays by a group of other people before you made them? How ridiculously inefficient would that be? I don't know. It amuses me. Once Bones finally plays Zanki, Joey destroys it on his next turn with Axe Raider decreasing Bones' life points by 200. Bones tries to come back with a zombie, but Keith stops him again and directs him to Crawling Dragon, another non-zombie. Bones tries to contest again, but Keith tells him to be patient. Remember, no duelist has ever beaten Bandit Keith without cheating. Ooh, I like this. Perfectly aligning with his quest for vengeance against Pegasus. Bones comes back under his breath with, yeah, until now, as he plays Crawling Dragon face down. In any other circumstance, I'd probably tell him to have more faith, but honestly, he would be doing a lot better if he weren't listening to Keith. Of course, Crawling Dragon is promptly destroyed by Axe Raider. Keith continues to boss Bones around, commanding him not to play any more monsters in defense mode because Joey may hesitate to attack. Bones is visibly disgusted by this horrid playstyle, and Keith says that he will keep his advice to himself if Bones doesn't want to listen. Honestly, 
like I just said, he could quickly and easily win this duel if he just didn't listen to Keith, but of course he's too spineless and scared to just listen to his own instincts. Bones plays Crass Clown, and Joey answers with the Flame Swordsman, which obviously destroys the clown, dropping Bones' life points to 1350. Joey internally recaps his motivations for winning the tournament, namely his sister Serenity. He then berates Bones and Keith a little bit for being so easy to defeat, but Keith reassures him that their strategy will come to fruition. As Bones draws his next card, he finally understands what Keith's plan was. Keith commands him to play the magic card he just drew, calling it his trump card, Call of the Haunted, which is a trap card in the real life game and in this show. The color of the card is that weird pink of trap cards, not the blue-green affair associated with spells or magic. The effect of Call of the Haunted, in this duel anyway, is to bring back all of the monsters in Bones' graveyard as zombies and with the, quote, power of immortality, as per Bones. Broke. In real life, all the card does is allow you to bring back one monster from your graveyard in attack position. No type change, no extra protection. As the monsters drag themselves up from the dirt, we transition back to the rest of the gang who have now all met back up together. Taya finds Joey's wallet on the ground. They only know it's his because there's a picture of Serenity inside. No ID or anything. Going to a whole private island as a stowaway, by the way, and has no need for identification. All right, Joey, I see you. Taya points out the entrance to the cave not far away from them, and the gang rushes inside in search of Joey. Weird step in logic, but okay. Also, how did his wallet fall out? Where does he keep it? Inside the cave, the gang run into a couple of coffins leaning against the walls. Bakura and Taya each touch one, which brings some sort of trap that lifts both of them off the wall and opens them. A nice little skeleton pops out of each one to say hi, falling onto Bakura and Taya, who naturally freak out. And Tristan says Pegasus has a sick sense of humor. None of that would have happened if Bakura and Taya hadn't touched them. Keep your hands to yourself. We cut back to the duel where Bones' new zombies are fully risen. Not only are they zombies now, but they are also called different names. Zanky became Armored Zombie, Crawling Dragon became Dragon Zombie, and Crass Clown became Clown Zombie. Super creative, guys! Being zombies now, they also get the feel power bonus from the graveyard. Bones commands his Dragon Zombie to destroy Joey's Axe Raider. Even though Dragon Zombie's attack is higher, Axe Raider isn't destroyed. In fact, it looks like Dragon Zombie will be destroyed, but it regenerates. Weird. As Joey tries to figure out what just happened, along with me, Keith says that they are zombies now, and you can't just destroy them with an axe. Bull! Every zombie movie in history begs to differ. Bones then destroys Axe Raider with Dragon Zombie. Two attacks in one turn? As Bones teases that Joey's Flame Swordsman is next, Joey contemplates what he can do to win. Current life point count is 1350 to 1620 in Joey's favor, though with Bones' new zombies, he may have his work cut out for him. Joey plays Garuzis, which slices the clown zombie into multiple pieces, only to have it quickly regenerate, nullifying his attack. Bones also adds that each time one of his zombies is destroyed, thanks to Call of the Haunted, it is resurrected with an additional 10% power bonus. So broken. Why are all of these cards in the first season either vanillas with no effect or completely busted? This makes Clown Zombie now stronger than Garuzi's and it counterattacks, destroying it. Cut back to the rest of the gang who are running in pursuit of Joey, but they stop suddenly. It seems they've lost Bakura. Oh lord. As they try to figure out where he could have ended up since they didn't take any turns, a scream rings out from behind them. Bakura. And he's got another skeletal passenger on his back. After the initial spook wears off, they calm down enough for Tristan to free Bakura of the corpse and crush its skull with his foot. 
Banff Tristan. Heck yeah. Tristan then informs the rest of them that there's a fork in the cave just ahead of them, so they will have to decide which way to go and risk getting lost. While they deliberate, Bakura accidentally steps on a push tile in the floor. Really? A rumbling begins quite far away from them, and the gang listen very closely to decipher its source. But they soon find out. A boulder stretching from wall to wall. As the tumbling rock rushes toward them, they obviously take off in the opposite direction, inadvertently choosing to go left at the fork. While running, Bakura trips like a white girl in a horror movie and gets crushed under the boulder. Bye, Felicia. Also, surprisingly, no crunching or splattering noises. Hmm. The rest of the gang run into a dead end, and Tristan gets the brilliant idea to turn around and punch the boulder. Almost as brilliant as attack the moon. The boulder literally pops like a balloon. Turns out it was a balloon, with a speaker inside for the sound effect. They catch up to Bakura, who is still laying on the ground and shaking, obviously frozen in shock and disbelief. Cut back to the duel, where Joey and Keith and the goon gang, trademark, recap the events so far and reiterate that Joey has no chance of winning. Joey thinks back to his duel with Kaiba, and just as he's about to lose his nerve, he rallies back at the thought of his sister Serenity. He draws Time Wizard and flashes back to his duels against Mai and Rex, who wants to bet it won't work this time. When he plays it, Keith confirms that its time magic could, quote, age Bones' zombies right into the dust, which would obviously be great for Joey. He activates the time roulette, and Keith reminds us that it's just a game of chance. After some suspense, the roulette lands on a skull. Joey's time wizard and flame swordsman are sucked into a time warp, and Joey loses life points equal to half of their combined attack. Bones decides to pass his turn to let Joey throw more food to his zombies and he plays a monster face down. As Bones is about to make his next move, Keith stops him again. Why just defeat him when you can humiliate him? Just like Pegasus did me. This is how you're gonna lose! Listening to Keith, who's trying to show off and take his rage out on people unrelated to his problems. He tells Bones to play the King of Ghosts. He obliges playing Pump King, and explains its special ability, Ectoplasmic Fortification which increases the attack of all of Bones' zombies by 10% each turn. BROKEN! In the real game, Pump King's ability is only 100 points every turn for 4 turns, and you also have to have Castle of Dark Illusions on board, and it only boosts itself. Bones then goes on a tirade, destroying a bunch of Joey's monsters, while Keith alludes to the existence of one card that will seal Joey's fate in this duel. It is at this point that the rest of the gang finally find them, and Keith orders Sid and Zygor to block them from interfering. Tristan rushes at them, but they overpower him. Joey attempts to leave the podium to check on Tristan, who has fallen to the ground at this point, but Keith reminds him that if he leaves the arena, he will forfeit all of his star chips to Bones. He actually says, to me, which indicates what he's planning, but immediately they would go to Bones. Taya then says that this duel is illegal anyway, but Keith indicates that Joey agreed to duel when he laid his star chips down. Tristan tells Joey that he's just going to have to win the duel, plain and simple. Joey turns around and demands to know who Keith is. It then comes out that he is the one about whom Kaiba told them last night. Joey says that he plans on defending until he can attack, but Keith tells him that Bones has a card that will render all of his defenses useless. I guess that's the card he was talking about earlier. And as luck would have it, Bones draws it. Stop defense. 
This is the magic version of Defense Paralysis. I mentioned during the duel with the Ghost Kaiba that I thought Stop Defense comes up later, and here it is. It's a magic card, and it prevents Joey from playing future monsters in attack mode. In the real game, it only switches one monster to attack mode, then it goes away. Bones destroys Joey's face-down monster and then passes turn to him. Joey comes back with the Red-Eyes Black Dragon. He uses it to destroy Pump King, which ends its ectoplasmic fortification, and it's unaffected by Call of the Haunted because its original type is zombie. Thanks, Yugi, for that helpful explanation post-events. Red-Eyes falls victim to Dragon Zombie the following turn. Current life point count is 855 to 150 in Bones' favor. Joey laments that the only monster he can really play is Battle Warrior, 700-1000 stat spread, which is nowhere nearly strong enough to deal with the zombie horde. After talking with Taya about the predicament, Yugi has an idea and yells to Joey that he has a magic card in his deck that can turn this whole thing around. Joey then, unsurprisingly at this point, draws that very card, Shield and Sword, which he got during his trades on the boat in episode 3. It switches the attack and defense of every monster currently on the field. He plays Battle Warrior in attack mode, then activates Shield and Sword, which makes Battle Warrior's attack 1000 and all of Bones' zombies' attacks 0. Apparently, because zombies have no will of their own, thanks Keith for that explanation, they have zero defense. Joey then destroys Dragon Zombie with Battle Warrior, ending the duel and giving himself the win, as well as four more starships. Keith makes to leave, even without his band of merry goons, but Joey calls him out. Maybe next time you'll have the nerve to duel me face to face instead of hiding behind your creepy flunkies. Little bit of foreshadowing. Keith then says Joey's a fool or something like that, including that Duel Monsters is all about keeping your opponent off balance. You just have to win. It doesn't matter how you go about it. Better glimpse into his personality right there. Joey debarks the podium and apologizes to the rest of the gang. Taya and Bakura congratulate him on coming through in this duel and he shrugs it off, saying it was just luck. Yugi reassures him that it wasn't luck. It was his determination and his trust in his cards. So, luck. Gotcha. That's all you had to say, Yug. This duel gives Joey a total of eight star chips, leaving him with only two left to gain entrance into the castle. The gang then head off in no particular direction through the cave. Eventually, they see an opening leading outside. As they run toward it, it begins to close. We, as the viewers, are shown that Keith and his goons are outside, and he's commanded them to cover the opening with a large boulder nearby, sealing the gang inside. He then turns to them, knocks each of them out, and steals their star chips for himself. Apparently, he's turning on them because Bones lost, even though he did everything Keith said. With 10 star chips now, he heads to the castle to enter the finals. Meanwhile, the gang are unable to move the boulder, and so they are seemingly stuck in the cave. In this arc, we were introduced to Bones, whom we see maybe one more time in the entire series. Sid and Zygor come along too, so whatever. But the big thing was we were finally officially introduced to Bandit Keith, who is a slimy, cheating... You know what? He's just an American. Next week, we will be discussing episodes 19, 20, and 21. Yes, a triple feature titled Double Trouble Duel, parts 1 through 3. But before then, query for the week. Which card so far has seemed the most broken to you in the show? Personally, I feel Call of the Haunted is one of the most broken cards in the entire show, much less in the first 18 episodes. Also, if you're an American, how does it feel knowing that the only real representation we get in this series is in the form of Bandit Keith? 
Let me know what you think, or if you have any other comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to email me at itstimetopodcast at gmail.com, and follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash itstimetopodcast, and on Twitter at itstime2podcast. If you can, please consider backing me on Patreon at patreon.com slash itstimetopodcast. It'll help me continue to bring awesome content to you guys, expand on the future, and give even more back to this wonderful community we are building. Also, don't forget to tune into the ongoing Let's Play series on YouTube. At the time of this recording, we're in the middle of Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories for the PS1. Links available on the official Twitter and Facebook pages. But until next time, your move.